Once upon a time, little Arabella and her mummy, the lovely yummy mummy Olivia, were sitting in the local artisan coffee shop. Arabella drinking her baby chino, while mummy sipped delicately from a tall, skinny caramel latte. Alarmed, little Arabella tugged her mummy's sleeve and asked, Mummy, who are those people standing outside? They're looking in at us. Mummy lifted her eyes from her celebrity magazine and looked, just long enough not to catch the eyes of the people outdoors standing in the rain. Oh, don't worry about them, sweetheart. They can't come in here. They're the unvaccinated. Arabella was alarmed. Are they bad people, Mummy? Well, well, yes, dear, they are, because they haven't been jabbed like you and me and, and Daddy and your teddy bear. But please, don't be worrying about them. As long as we're in here, they can't infect us. But what do they want, Mummy? Oh, they probably just want a coffee. They'll have to wait until someone takes pity on them. Can nobody make them go away, Mummy? They're frightening me. Oh, look, Mummy, that one has no mask on. Sensing panic now, hugging her daughter close, Olivia anxiously looks around. Out of her peripheral vision, she can see that Jason, the barista, is on the phone now, speaking quite animatedly and pointing at the unhealthy and contagious lights outside. He's saying, if you don't come soon and clear them away, they'll put off our COVID-compliant customers. Mummy turned again to Arabella, now scooping up her sorbet mousse with her fingers and calmed her. It's okay, dear. The man is calling the police. They'll soon come and arrest the unvaxxed people and they'll put them in the detention camp and we will then all be safe. Thank you, Mummy. Thank you. No, darling, don't thank me. Thank our wonderful government. And I wonder if they all lived happily ever after. Well, if you haven't already guessed, I'm Bob McAvoy, and this is the Semper Reformata Podcast. Welcome to the prism. In this episode, I want to look at an issue that has recently emerged in Northern Ireland, where I live. The executive of the local assembly, by a vote of just six people, there's ten ministers in the assembly, has mandated the use of COVID certification, essentially a vaccine passport, for entry to venues where people will gather, including concerts and cinemas and restaurants and so on. So only the fully vaccinated will be permitted to enter such places. And venues must enforce the diktat or face a £1,000 fine. 
The objective, apparently, is to stem the flow of COVID infections and thus prevent overcrowding in the hospital system. The implications of this new pass will be huge. It will massively affect the food and drink industry, for example. They're still in recovery mode from the imposed lockdowns of 2020 and 2021. And that hospitality sector will be facing yet more costs, having already had to reduce the number of people sitting in restaurants to apply the social distancing rules, having had to install thermometers and sanitizers, hand sanitizers, masks, having reduced their menus to reduce kitchen density, they now have to employ someone to monitor their doors to prevent non-pass holders from entering. And think of the abuse that those door stewards will have to face when they tell someone they can't come in and get a cup of carry-out coffee without being triple-jabbed. Customer numbers will fall. Already, firms are cancelling their Christmas functions with one venue reporting that they have lost £50,000 worth of bookings overnight. The implications for our society are even more drastic. People's social lives will be curtailed, human interaction prevented, and that impacts our mental health and general well-being of the population. Perhaps even worse. And for the purposes of this podcast, what we need to focus upon is the creation of essentially a two-tier society. Medical discrimination that the past will bring about. The stigmatisation through the creation of a second class of people, in scare quotes, the unvaccinated. Of course, those who support this measure will say that it is to encourage the uptake of the vaccine, and perhaps it will. Perhaps there will be those who will say something like, I want my life back, I'll get the jabs. But there will be many who won't. Perhaps because of ethical or religious reasons. Or those who can't because of medical conditions. Or serious reactions to a first dose. And will it actually benefit the NHS by lowering the infection rate? Well, that's unlikely too. The Republic of Ireland already has these vaccine passes, but the infection rate has risen sharply. In Gibraltar, where the population is already 100% vaccinated, the government has cancelled all Christmas celebrations this year because of the rising infection rate. Okay, so those are just general observations, just my opinions. You can write them off. You can agree with them or disagree. You can say that I'm ill-informed and that those opinions are worthless. You can hold your own opinions with equal force and that is your right. Allow me to simply state that these are sincerely held opinions, and nothing more. This podcast is not about the coronavirus. I'm not denying its existence or downplaying its seriousness. And it's not about the vaccine either. I'm not a doctor. I'm not qualified to comment on its origins or its method of manufacture, or its efficiency or its risks. There are others who can do that, and you and they will make their own mind up. As the Liberals like to say, your body, your choice. And it's not about politics either. The political parties in the Northern Ireland Executive are part of a mandatory coalition. Only one of those parties voted against these measures. But they could also have used a procedural device requiring cross-party support to block it, and they declined to do so. So this is essentially a cross-party issue. And very importantly, this is not about eschatology. 
There are good Christian brothers and sisters who are wary of the COVID past because it seems to be a fulfillment of the warning in Revelation 13, verse 16 to 17. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. And they genuinely fear that the COVID pass may well be the device that leads to the so-called mark of the beast, that emblem of the one-world government system of the last days, which indicates allegiance to an ungodly system of economics, government and social control. Now, these are matters for separate discussion. This podcast is about spread. Not just the spread of the virus, the spread of government overreach and control into our lives. And particularly when that overreach and control extends into areas of faith, into the church, when it affects the kingdom of God, an area in which the state has or rather should have very little, if any, jurisdiction at all. There is where the danger lies. Government power grabs, in my opinion, are rarely ever relinquished. Why does it need a QR code? Once the government has this technology in place, once the QR codes are being automatically scanned at the entrance to buildings, what's to stop the use of this technology spreading to other areas of life? It's a COVID pass right now, but it holds the potential to eventually become more than that. Maybe a good citizen pass, where access to life is controlled by the government, where your behaviour is measured by the government's standards and rewarded or punished by access to or denial of what used to be called your freedom. What if it was decided to use the COVID pass in the court system? To restrict the lives of offenders as a punishment? And while now the COVID pass is to be used only in some venues, like concerts and hospitality and hotels, what's to stop that list being extended to more essential areas of life, to healthcare, for example? If you think that can't or won't happen, just take a look at the way social control happens in communist China, a system of rewards and punishments in line with compliance with state dogma and diktat. Let's get to the core issue. What if the COVID pass was extended to include churches? Would we then exclude the unvaccinated, in scare quotes, from the free offer of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Would we then be required by the government to deny access to them to the good news that Christ died for sinners so that they can be snatched from an endless eternity of punishment for their sins? on the popular Nolan show on Radio Ulster. On Thursday the 18th of November, just a single day, not even 24 hours after the Northern Ireland Executive decided to introduce the COVID pass, the presenter interviewed a local representative of the British Medical Association. Now, I didn't hear the interview, but I did read a tweet that Mr Nolan put out later. He tweeted... Chair of the BMA, Dr. Alan Stout, has told me it doesn't make sense to make churches an exemption when the executive has drawn up its new COVID cert policy yesterday. Now that's exactly what I'm worried about. That's what this podcast is about. When the lockdowns were imposed in society, the churches meekly complied, 
even though the lockdowns caused immense societal and personal harm and prevented people attending Christian worship, would they comply again? Over on the Big Island, Durham Cathedral, an Anglican church has announced that it will, of its own volition, demand COVID passports for those wanting to attend Christmas worship. Let's look at the scriptures. Does the Bible say anything about this? Is there a case study in the scriptures? Well, there is, of course, for the good and well-being of ancient society and to prevent the spread of infection. People who had a disease called leprosy were treated with a form of medical apartheid, like the Jews of Poland and Germany in the 1930s. They were the subhumans. They were the Untermenschen of their day. They were the untouchables. So let's think about lepers and the fear of infection. Let's just take an example, one of many, a leper whom we find in Matthew chapter 8. Let's read God's word together. When he, that's Jesus, was come down from the mountains, great multitude followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thy wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thy clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thy tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now that man's life had been greatly impacted by his leprosy and its results. His woes came from two main issues. He was an outcast in society. And that was because of the stigma of leprosy. When an ancient Jew saw a leper in the distance, he would run. But not only was he an outcast from society because of his illness, he was an outcast from the synagogue. That's the most serious aspect. The leper wasn't allowed to attend the temple or the synagogue. He was forbidden. In Leviticus 13 and verse 45, we're told that the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare, and he shall put a covering, a mask in other words, upon his upper lip, and cry unclean, unclean, all the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean. He shall dwell alone, without the camp shall his habitation be. King Uzziah in the Old Testament is another example. In 2 Chronicles chapter 26 and verse 21, 
Uzziah the king was a leper unto the day of his death, and he dwelt in a separate house, several house, the King James Version says, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord, and Jotham his son was over the king's house. A leper. Now, what was the attitude of Jesus to these medical outcasts, this underclass, the untouchables, the subhumans, the medically discriminated against of their day? He touched them. Jesus did not practice any form of social distancing. In that passage in Matthew 8 and 1-3, he had been preaching to his disciples in his famous Sermon on the Mount and had come down from the mountain to find himself confronted by a leper. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him saying, Lord, if thy wilt, thy canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. He touched a person who was medically unclean. He actually touched one of them. The world was shocked in 1987 when Diana, the Princess of Wales, touched a man with HIV. It was the 19th of April that year, 1987. Diana had arrived at the Middlesex Hospital to open the UK's first unit, totally dedicated to treating people with HIV and AIDS. In public view, with the press and the media all around, she did something that history would remember forever. She shook the hand of an infected patient without wearing gloves. It made world headlines. It was as if it was something totally new. But it wasn't. 2,000 years before, Jesus, the perfect sinless Son of God, placed his hands upon a person no one else would touch. And he fellowshiped with him. In Matthew 26 and verse 6, we're told that when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, in that passage, Jesus is visiting a home where a leper is living, and that would have involved more than a quick socially distanced visit. That would have involved reclining at a low table with the leper, eating a meal together. Others were present too. That same passage records that there were women there, one of whom broke some ointment over Jesus as he ate at the table. In verse 7 of Matthew 26, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. He was eating and fellowshipping with someone who was medically unclean. And he died for lepers. That's the very heart of the gospel, isn't it? The leper in the scriptures is symbolic of the condition of all of us. We are all lepers. In the Bible, the leper is the type of the sinner, for we have exactly the same symptoms. We too are repugnant before God. Our sin has affected all of our parts, just as the leper's symptoms affect all of our senses. So everything within us is corrupted by sin and obnoxious in the sight of God. And we are outcasts, for we're separated from God because of our sin. 
Yet it was while we were still filthy lepers before God that Christ died for us. He gave his life on the cross for sinners. He touches the untouchable. He still does that. He touched the untouchable when his grace and mercy reached me and you too if you're ransomed by his grace and by his love. His touch always performs a miracle. When Jesus touched the leper, the leper was cleansed. All the white, sore, pus-excreting skin was gone. All the ugliness of the leper's face, all the toes and fingers, all the hoarseness of the voice, the repulsive sight was gone, the disgusting smell was gone, the grating voice was gone, the taste in the mouth was gone, the rough, furrowed skin was made smooth. It was a miracle. And yet every time Jesus cleanses a filthy sinner from their sins, there is a far greater miracle. And our Saviour expects us to carry that message to everyone, regardless of their medical condition or their vaccination status. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 8, he tells his disciples to heal the sick and to cleanse the lepers. Freely ye have received, freely give. We're to reach out to those who, in the eyes of society, are medically unclean with the good news of the gospel. And we are strictly commanded by God's Son, the Lord Jesus, that we are to love our neighbour as we love ourselves. And that brings us back to our issue. The issue of COVID passes for people to enter church buildings, to hear that good news of the gospel, to hear that Christ cleanses sinners. While we believe that the Lord Jesus will save all those who are truly his, it is we who are tasked with the bringing of the message of salvation to every single man, woman and child in the whole human race. And we are not to discriminate we're not to bar people from our buildings, from our gospel meetings. No matter how unacceptable or untouchable government or society deems them to be, like our Saviour himself, we reach out our hands to those regarded as untouchable by society, to the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, as much as to the Jews and to the lepers. We must never, ever turn anyone away from our church doors. We welcome sinners, just as Jesus did. We've got to be strictly fair. 
I suppose there's a counter-argument because lepers can't help being leprous. Leprosy is an illness. Covid, on the other hand, has a vaccine. So it might be easy to argue, look, just take the vaccine. Everything's going to be fine. But that brings us to another issue. And that's the issue of bodily integrity. The question of who owns your body. And we covered that issue in an earlier podcast in this very series. Your body doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the God who created it. And for the Christian, that is something we do not have permission to ignore. When it comes to what we do with our bodies, what we put inside our bodies, whether food or drink or medicine, we have to do that after careful consideration to ensure that we are not harming the body that God created for us and which he has redeemed. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now I have to glorify God in my body. If my body is not my own, but belongs to the God who made it and who now indwells it through the work of the Holy Spirit, I need to think very carefully before I put anything into it, especially an experimental substance, a novel treatment that has never been tried on humans before and is being offered as a vaccine, even though no vaccine has ever worked on the body in the same way that the COVID vaccine does, by making changes to human mRNA. Now, that doesn't mean a Christian shouldn't accept the COVID drugs. What that means is that a Christian must be making a fully informed choice. Some will consider that this new prophylactic drug is perfectly acceptable. Others will have some concerns, maybe centering around the ethics of its production and manufacture from, in some cases, the tissue of aborted fetuses. Perhaps the concerns that the drugs haven't yet been fully tested have only received emergency authorization. Or perhaps the suffering that some people experienced after the original doses are making them very wary of a similar reaction. The key is that the decision must be made by you. You must decide what is God-honouring for your body after fairly and impartially reading and researching all the issues, remembering that you are to give glory to God in your body and that you will answer to God for what you have done. It is you who are responsible, not the government. And the COVID pass, which is the real issue here, is no doubt a tactic of the nudge units and the psyops people who inhabit the dark corridors of government these days, who want to inveigle you into taking the drugs. It's a ploy to help the undecided to go along to the vaccination centre just to get some of their life back. That's a despicable tactic, especially since the facts remain that the drugs being offered don't actually stop you from catching COVID and don't prevent you from spreading it. Okay, so let's sum up. COVID passes, in my humble opinion, are immoral, and here's why. First of all, COVID passes segregate society into two classes. 
the vaxxed and the unvaxxed, the privileged and the underclass. And that's going to create tensions between them. In fact, it has already done so. In the 24 hours after the regulations were passed, the Twitter storm proved that. People slagging each other off. The vaxxed versus the unvaxxed. The unvaxxed versus the vaxxed. Covid passes create a form of discrimination in society that brings a division, and that's always bad. Secondly, Covid passes as a nudge to get people to accept the Covid prophylactic drugs is an invasion of individual bodily integrity. It's an attack on each person's God-given right to decide what to do with their own body. We must decide ourselves how we best glorify God and not grieve the indwelling Holy Spirit. And thirdly, Covid passes probably will make no difference to the infection rate whatsoever. They're a power grab by the government. And of course, to keep with the theme of this podcast, if the government applies Covid passes to churches, that would be a direct attack on the responsibility of the visible church to fulfil the Great Commission to take the gospel offer of forgiveness in Christ to every single human being. Now that must be totally repudiated. <laughs>